Hello and welcome to the debut episode of The Mandalorian, a Star Wars Minute podcast. It's the weekly question mark show in which we analyze, scrutinize, and celebrate Disney Plus's new The Mandalorian program, one episode at a time. I'm Alex Robinson from ComicBookAlex.com. I'm Pete the Retailer from, from StarWarsMinute.com. Maybe we I should say that instead. Jump over there. Yeah, normally we're the people who do Star Wars Minute, which if you haven't heard it, it's a um, we do one episode for every minute of every Star Wars movie. And we're yep. uh, the episodes are are like twenty minutes long. Right. But we discuss one minute of the show. Some people seem to think the show is only a minute long. No, 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 no. Twenty um, minutes at least about a single minute of Star Wars. Right. So Generally. in essence, it's like a it's like a forty hour commentary track. Who <laughs> boy, movie. yeah. Um, but that's not what we're here doing. We're not we're not breaking down the Mandalorian minute by minute. We're just doing it episode by episode because that's it. We're doing a, a reaction show. What are they called? Is that what they're called? Sure, that sounds good. Um, or a, a recap show, or a... let's call all, let's call ours an overreaction show. Overreaction, right. like eggs. Ova, oh, yeah, eggs. Okay, should I make some eggs? <laughs> I didn't know I was supposed to make eggs. Hmm. We had scrambled eggs yesterday. Oh. Um, but anyway, we're, so we're talking about the first episode. Well, first of all, I just want to talk about the whole concept of this thing and how cool it how cool it is that there is a Star Wars TV show after all these years. Yeah, there are many false starts with this kind of a thing. It seemed always like, oh, what if there was a Star Wars TV show? And I think it took. Hmm. I mean, if it wasn't for Disney's streaming service i think you know we would have had something down the road anyway you know if it was a netflix show or something like it, it, oh yeah the peak HBO tv or... scene that we're in yeah um definitely is it would be surprising if it hadn't happened by yeah. now but luckily um, there's disney plus which is a, an embarrassment of riches in its own uh sense even without the mandalorian um, I was, anyway, I'll save that for another show, but, uh, yeah, and I also think it's kind of funny that after all of the ups and downs in the career of Boba Fett, we're basically all getting exactly what we wanted out of Boba Fett, but without it actually being Boba Fett. This is basically what we wanted to see, is a bounty hunter doing cool stuff, and now we've, basically, it is more or less might as well be Boba Fett, you know what I mean, in terms of right. the audience. Just, we don't know what there the, that, you know, what? we don't know what, what, you know, maybe it will somehow tie into that. Oh, I hope not. Um, there's some, you know, there's some, there's some things we'll get to there. There's clues or whatever, not clues, but there's, there's other little blips. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so basically, so instead of minute by minute, um, we are going to go just episode by episode. We're just going to kind of step through the episode. The first episode yeah. being The Mandalorian Chapter One. What a creative title. Is that what it's just called? Chapter One? Yeah, it's called The Mandalorian Chapter One. Hmm. As far as as far as I can tell, right now, as of this recording, which is uh, mere hours after the premiere. Uh, well, the first thing I noticed while watching it is they had that cool new Star Wars brand logo at the beginning. I'm sure you noticed that. Where it's, yeah, that, it's that almost was like a... they're trying to do like a Marvel kind of like th- a logo that incorporates all of their Star Wars properties. Right, and they had one, and it was called the Lucasfilm Limited logo, but I guess it's not like. Well, this is specifically Star Wars. Yeah, I guess. It's, uh, I don't hate it, but it's weird. It's, you know, I, I have to balance my curmudgeon, like, oh, it's different with, you know, like, uh, my analytical mind and just being mm-hmm. like, I guess that's kind of cool. It seems very of the now, though. 
Oh yeah, definitely. I think you know, twenty years from now, it'll be like, oh, I wanted to have like techno music and not techno music. That's that's even twenty <laughs> years ago. What did have EDM? That's what they call it now. Same thing, different uh-huh. name. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, I don't know. Um, was it on a streaming service? That's twenty years from now. It'll be. <laughs> I can frankly see you doing air quotes as you said that. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, I did a little head wag. Oh. That's that's what that's what we do twenty years from now. We we stopped doing air quotes. We started doing head wag. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, boomer. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, so uh, yeah, so it opens and we're on some. We don't know the name of this planet we're on, right? Well, we no, get, so we're not we're not doing like an overview. We're just we're yeah we're just gonna go through it like more or less in order, right? We're gonna stumble yeah, yeah. through it blindly. Yeah, more or less okay. in order yeah. of our notes. Okay. And uh, but yeah, over the Star Wars logo, though, we get a beeping, which then becomes kind of a sound bridge into the actual content, which is nice. I do like that part because mm-hmm. it seems like it's a beeping. It's like for the logo. Yeah, I was marveling the other day at how much I like when the kind of studio logo becomes part becomes kind of specialized for the um, uh, for the movie at hand, like the Indiana um, Jones. I guess they're probably most famously. Well, that that too. Well, that. That's a different thing that I do like that that kind of you know graphic match from from the Paramount Mountain into the into the content, but more um, I was thinking about like when either the you know like the Warner Brothers logo or the um, what's another one that I've seen it done with recently, maybe the Fox logo where it's like you know the actual you know vanity fanfare thing from the beginning that you're used to seeing a million times the studio logo. Um, is altered somewhat. You know, it's not like it plays the regular one. Like the Indiana Jones one, it's like, ah, oh, Paramount, ba-ba-da, and goes into, oh, fades into the thing. Mm-hmm. Talking about, you know, like, oh, it's, you know, the music's in a minor key for the 20th Century Fox, or it's like, oh, it's black and white because it's, in, you know, mm-hmm. there's lightning or, you know, something. Well, they made it spooky because it's a, I guess I was watching some kind of spooky movie and they did that and it had an effect on me. But, um, but yeah, so I like that it's with, it's its own thing, but then it also has the the sound bridge kind of into the content. Do the Lego movies do that? That's the Lego movies seem like they would do that, like have the lo- logo in le- have a Lego logo. Yes, I believe they do. Cool. Um, who, who those aren't on a on this right? Where are they? Who owns those? Whose baby is that? I don't know. They do have the all this like droid tales and the Star Wars Lego stuff I saw yeah, there. So I know I'm I, I to watching those. Try to uh, this is probably more of a more content for our weekend edition uh, show or something like that. But uh, I, trying to sort through Disney's Disney Plus movies alphabetically by title led me mm. on quite an adventure. So let's we'll pin that. We'll have to <clears throat> yeah we'll compare that on our Saturday uh, yeah. or Sunday show. Uh, so back to the Mandalorian. Exactly. Uh, so we're on this planet. Do they they never say what the planet is? Do they? There's no title card or anything. No, no. no. I, I'm I'm happy that there's no title card because I've been yeah. um, kind of um, on the uh, uh, you know, we we've kind of started doing some pre some research for for our next season with Rogue One and Rogue One um, has these title cards that I think are somewhat superfluous. I get the you know different style. I'm not saying like I, that doesn't ruin anything. But um, well, I feel like in Rogue One they had to do it because they were jumping between so many different planets that I yeah, can understand they, it getting. They don't. You you can figure it out. They look different That's true. and all that. That's you true. can figure it out. I'm saying mm-hmm. you don't need it. Yeah. You specifically, Alex Robinson. 
You know what? Let's continue this conversation when we're discussing Rogue One. There you go. Um, but it, yeah, you see, so... the, you see the titular Mandalorian show up. Yes, and then he kind of a guy walks into a bar. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, it's the best way to start any any kind of uh, new media franchise or whatever. Um, yeah, the uh, he you know, and we've we've seen this bit. Um, you know, luckily it was a good. Uh, I wonder how early in the structure, like how early on, they were like, all right, throw in a little kind of cold open style badassery uh yeah because then we can also share that you know that was on most of that clip was on monday night football uh, last night right Mm -hmm. and it was like here's a thing we can share because it doesn't really affect the plot very much i mean it does it ties it leads to the plot shortly but um you know it's not like this is a key battle (laughs) from the from the episode or something like that no, but it does establish the audience very early on that this guy is a is a tough guy. Yeah, you, know, you see him yeah. taking on Good a job of doing that. Great job. <laughs> awesome. I, uh, yeah, so these the, the little Steve's a uh, bunch of bullies are harassing this uh, blue fish man, mm-hmm. and uh, they, yeah. they're like, look, look at his glands. We could get so much for them. <laughs> it was just funny <laughs> that they were going to butcher this guy for his glands. <laughs> I have to say the. Um, the aliens are a little bit Star Trek-y for me. Yeah. And I think I agree with that. It's not, um, you know, not enough that it, it kind of ruins it for me. But uh, I'm like, it's a little bit, well, you know, it, it, but it, it, we've seen worse. Again, in the, in the Phantom Menace, I feel like a lot of the extras, they just kind of bought uh, Don Post masks and threw them on the locals. Mm-hmm. Um and a lot of those in you know, sunlight didn't look that great. They did a great job on them, but they do look a little Star Trekky. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't know. In a way, it kind of in a way it kind of reminds me of the original Cantina, which has a lot more like humans and people just wearing weird clothes than you think of. You know, right. everyone remembers Walrus Man and Hammerhead and all the the A listers, but there's also just a lot of guys wearing like raggedy clothes and you know, the yeah. lady with a, a you know ball on her forehead. But they're not supposed to, like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like there was less of an attempt to make them look weird mm-hmm. sci-fi in that than there is with this. This is, I feel like they're going for something where they're, you know, again, it's hard to. Right. Star Wars was the uh, initiator of all this. So it's uh, hard to hard to do it, hard to live up to something that kind of set the tone for the whole mm-hmm. thing. Uh, but the others. Yeah, this, this, uh, but this alien is a mithril. Mithril. M Y T H R O L. The guy with the gl- the guy with the glands. Yeah, the guy, the man with the glands. <laughs> the man with the glands, a man, a man. <laughs> no, no, this is unidentified mithril. Um, uh, oh, so they never even identify him, even though he has like a speaking. No, I I feel like he did say his name mm-hmm. at some point, but I don't think so. Maybe he just said mithril. Uh, when I was watching this with uh, former guest of the show uh, Ryan, and he said, "Oh, those the two guys, the two bullies, should have been uh, Walrus Man and Doctor um, Everzan." Oh no! <laughs> I think I would have liked, and also if you notice, one of the bullies already has a robot arms. So that would have been perfect for for Walrus Man oh, to have a robot arms. So uh, I want them to be a cam. They should be a cameo in every Star Wars project from he- from henceforth out. No, no, no. Um. 
this is and right. So timeline wise, it could be because this is five years after Jedi, right? Mm-hmm. That's the that's the time frame that we're playing in. Something like that, yeah. That's what I hear. All right. Um. But the um. Yeah, it it um. It, it's interesting to kind of shift into a new. You know, I guess the first time we do any era. And like you know, by era I mean production-wise era, mm-hmm. like so, like the prequels, it took a little while to get comfortable in that because it's snide comments aside, it took a while to get comfortable in that era because all of a sudden, all right, there's new things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're redefining what Star Wars is to you, and so, and with the Disney era, it kind of redefined it again, and now here's a new wrinkle of the Disney era, so it's like another kind of slight. Okay, we're adding more things that Star Wars is. Mm-hmm. And so these, you know, the, this look and feel, you know, this TV, again, it's not a, not that it's lower budget, you know, it could have probably made a movie easily for what they spent on making um, this season. Mm-hmm. But um, it's, you know, it, it's adding a whole nother kind of look and feel era that you have to kind of adapt to. It's true. I know that that uh, I don't know. Maybe that's my initial. Like, if I went back and watched it again, right, which I plan on shortly, mm-hmm. um, it would kind of, uh, you know, I'd get more used to it each time, and it would be fine. Well, uh, I think that happens. I mean, also because you and I are professional Star Wars fans, I always find the first time I watch a new Star Wars thing, like I, I almost like can't take parts of it in because I'm too, I'm. I'm while I'm watching and I'm processing it, like how does this affect the larger Star Wars universe? Like you know that kind of it. Like you see a ship and you're like, oh, that looks like kind of like that kind of ship that I saw in that other movie. And then, yeah, you know, as opposed right. to just kind of being in the moment. So uh, definitely the second time, I hopefully to get like I hope to get more, um, you know, see more background details and mm-hmm. see more in the know, background. See more. Mm-hmm. Um, users, suddenly, see more three PO. Um, that's the uh, the 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 thing though. I feel like because this. Um, and maybe that's why I also kind of uh, I've been appreciating the uh, anthology films more lately, is because it's outside of it doesn't have the weight of the um, you know the, the Skywalker saga. It doesn't have the importance of being like all right, this has to fit perfectly in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a little you know a little side wing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it you know it, that's again it, for years I feel like this is exactly what we've been saying. Should should happen. Yeah, I want a little a little space adventure Star Wars that doesn't really talk. We don't see as again one episode in, so I'm not guaranteeing anything long term. But it, how it doesn't really affect the main timeline. It's it's set in Star Wars, but it's not. You know, we don't have uh, you know Luke Skywalker or anything in it, which is great. We well, must and also no lightsaber so far, which is good. Yeah. Well, I was gonna get there. I guess There's no no. Uh, no lightsaber is not even kind of a mention of Jedi, so it's been it's been, you know, hey, this is my thing. I don't I'm not anti Jedi. I love you know that we have them. Um, you know Obi Wan Kenobi is probably as we've said my favorite character. He's up there. Um, but you your favorite uh, of like the main characters, right? You know, yeah, you know, Delta Brand is my favorite character, <laughs> but um, no, but the uh, the the kind of uh 
you know, I feel like we've done Jedi to death. And the more that it gets kind of, um, you know, becomes kind of fantasy um, rule book stuff, you know, it becomes kind of very codified uh, into a society thing and not, you know, it becomes less mystical and more, um, more of, I don't know, it becomes less special the more it goes on. And, we, and we've yeah. done, you know, we've, we've had entire trilogies, trilogies about, here's, here's all the Jedi, look at them. And then, uh, I don't know. It's refreshing to have you know tell a diff- tell a different story every once in a while. Yeah. And again, going back to the anthology movies, I thought easily I could get through each of those without a lightsaber showing up, but lo and behold. So, uh, so uh, the the Mandalorian fights uh, the the bullies in the bar, mm-hmm. um, including the the scene that was included in a lot of the where he ropes the. Uh, Quarren, the squid head guy. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, happy, I'm happy to see the squid heads uh, participating and doing more than uh, just standing around like yeah. they do in Jabba's palace, kind of actually, you know, interacting. And in, uh... yeah, there's uh, there's good use of uh, uh, squid heads and Nick toes. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick toes. Nick toes. You know him. Yeah. So there's a scene where he lassoes him and um, cuts him in half with the door. What do you think about that? Uh, I liked that a lot, um, mm-hmm. and it's it's good. Um, you know, it it, it uh, something they teased a lot on the kind of uh, preview materials, mm-hmm. but they didn't really show. Um, you know, they kind of cut it a little bit early, and they don't. You know, they don't get too graphic and gory with this. Um, they just kind of show him getting caught in there, and then you see kind of you know out of focus between him in the camera i believe you see a little bit of a clunk leg yeah uh um, it's it's funny to me that the doors would even do that it seems very dangerous that uh that doors would keep closed there's no there's no like uh safety sensors in there where if it's closing and it detects something there it'll stop you know it just just keeps going and cutting people cutting people in half so uh, right i like that the star wars universe is continues to be a dangerous place even in routine things like you know not having railings and doors that can I guess the Death Star's doors were probably easily going to crush people too, because mm-hmm. they totally. they just you know slammed down. And we saw that one trooper banged his head on it. Mm-hmm. Mental health would drive him mad. <laughs> um, the uh, yeah, so that he he secures his you know where there's a little bit of a twist, a reversal, where it's you think he's you know I, I mean you're meant to think, um, you know that he's showing up to save that guy. And then it turns out that's the guy that he's right hunting. So he, you know, it's the guy that he's there for. And we uh, see the the or maybe I think I'm assume is the debut of Bounty Pucks. Yeah, as a hockey fan, you must have been you must have liked that. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm. I, it does make me think. Well, what what does puck mean to them then? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I it it. Uh... <laughs> When you Google Bounty Puck, um, you get paper towels. Um, so, but the, the um, oh, but there's other, like, stuff from, from a while ago, it looks like. Um, Is it something that so was maybe this was an established thing? I don't know. Could be. Um, but the, the um, yeah, I, I, I like it. I like the idea. Um, it does kind of not, you know, we can go crazy trying to say like, well, oh, does this fit in with the technology that we have established? 
but um, it works for the storyline, so who cares? Yeah. I mean, I care. Uh, I like it. It's fine. <laughs> I care. <laughs> uh, so, anything else with the bar, or should we move on to the to the next scene? Uh, no. Then he goes out and hails a cab. Yeah, I I was very um, proud of myself that. Um, I was, you know, as I'm watching the episode, I'm writing down notes and stuff. And so I was looking down at my paper and all of a sudden I heard, and I was like, is that a Gorindon? Because <laughs> I, I was so pleased with myself that I wrecked that. A, I recognize Gorindon's uh, distinctive fly-like voice. And also I'm glad that they didn't just, I assumed at first that they were just going to be reusing that voice in a different alien. But the fact that they actually used it on another Gorindon. Right. And John Wayne's voice lives on. It's, <laughs> isn't that John Wayne's uh, voice sped up or something? Yeah. Yeah, it's like a tape of John Wayne just kind of like haphazardly yeah. run through a reel-to-reel, apparently. But I really like that Gorindon using that flute to call cabs. It seemed like a very, um, it was both familiar because we've all been at taxi stands, but it was weird. It was Star Warsy enough where it was a, a, a you know, interesting. So uh, yeah, the, I like that. I like that bit. The flute I, it struck me for a minute. I was like, do I do I like this? I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the flute. Hmm, I like it. Um, it because it, it seems a little bit, um, it's like a whistle. Yeah, but it, it's a, a little bit. But it didn't seem like it wasn't. I don't know. I, what I thought of was uh, was Willy Wonka, and mm-hmm. um, I I I guess I don't know. I I jury's still out on how I feel about that. Hmm. All right. Um. But uh, not even, you're not even happy about Grindon showing up. I'm not, happy about Grindon. Okay, Grindon, okay. Grindon in a in a kind of warm weather gear is very yeah. cool. So um, uh, it's more just the flute part of it that you're on the fence about. Um, yeah, I don't know how I how I feel about that. I was I was okay. trying to get to back to the uh, trying to reach Lando Calrissian. No wait, I was trying to look up. Oh, here we go. Here's the Wikipedia page on flute. Um. There are well, they haven't updated it. I guess there's three canonical, Ooh, three canonical um, mentions, three canonical appearances apparently of flutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, flute is mentioned in the book Thrawn and Treason. Mm-hmm. Thrawn book, was a famous flautist. Um, a book it was flute was mentioned in uh, the Legends of Luke Skywalker, mm-hmm. which I don't know what is that. Is that a oh, a junior novel? Uh, I wonder what they mention, what they talk about with flutes in the Legends of Luke Skywalker. He played a uh, flute in uh, at uh, Mos Mos Espa High. Mm. He was in the marching band. <laughs> That's why they call uh, him Wormy. <laughs> and the uh, there's a a young adult novel written uh, for Galaxy's Edge, part of the Galaxy's Edge tie-in, called A Crash of Fate, and a flute um, is actually in there. Hmm. They don't mention Picard playing that flute from that weird satellite that... Uh... Well, not yet. They ha- that hasn't merged yet. Oh, okay. I'm surprised there was no flute in... I would have thought there was a flute in the um, the Lynn Emanuel band from the uh, from Force Awakens. None of those guys are playing a flute? Those are other um, instruments of some sort, I think. Hmm. They get... Hmm. Uh, Clearly, wind you know, instruments are popular. There's, everyone's blowing into instruments all over the place, right? You know, not everything you blow into is a flute. Hmm, that's true. It's, it's an old saying that I have in my home world. <laughs> um, you live on the musician planet where everyone's musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's there's links to other all kinds of uh, other 
musical instruments. Um, mm. Wind musical instruments. Uh, there's the clue horn, of course, a blissel, um, a no band, jazz flute? band fill, and a well, the, the clue horn and a band fill are both used in playing jizz often. And then there's there's like eight million other kinds. Yeah. Bagpipes. What? What? Who said bagpipes? <laughs> oh, it's from it's in Tiny Death Star, the game. Wow. Anyway. Uh, so yes, he has the, a cab. We get the Akubaz, who's not wearing a Zubaz. Um, Chris Bartlett. Um, he Chris Bartlett is the, um, the what, what's the the sitting, well, standing and walking. Um, C three PO these days. Wait. The, so who did he play? The the body. Um, of of the current body of C three PO is Chris Bartlett, who played this unidentified Kubaz, the Grindin in question. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. Grindin is the he's a man, not a species. Yeah, he's a Kubaz, and his name is Grindin. <laughs> Got it. Kubaz. Uh, now that I look at the uh, now that I look at the picture again, I think I like it. The hmm. flute. That's good. Yeah, we'll see. I have to go listen to it again. Um, uh, but yeah, so he he hails a cab. No drugs, uh, and it's driven by um, our old not our old friend, but uh, the comedian Brian Posehn is driving that taxi cab. Yes, the uh, the um, it must have been very exciting for him being being such a famous uh, nerd and all. Yeah, you get to be a, a space cab driver. See, that's, that's like a. Good. It, it's it's tricky because it's you know if you have a you know legitimate career like like he does um the um you know do you do you take the first one that comes along like that you know what i mean like it's a it's a good role in that one episode and it's kind of memorable but then like that's it you like you can't be anything else in star wars probably Unless you were just unless you're wearing like a costume, oh, right. you know, yeah, like you a, you could come back as yeah an alien or a, or a trooper of some sort. I have to imagine that that he was just like, hey, I'll do anything. You know right. what I mean? I I can't imagine Brian Posehn would be like, you know, I'm going to hold out for a bigger part in a Star Wars film. You know, just because how many chances is he going to get? Yeah, well, but he more than more than others. So yeah, um, I don't know. That got me thinking, but we'll have to. Uh, of course, he's on a uh, he's on the Nerd Poker with the frequent friend of Star Wars Minute, frequent friend, former guest of Star Wars Minute, uh, Dan Telfer. So we'll have to mm-hmm. um, put a word in. See if Dan knew about this in advance. Yeah. Uh, and then he dies, gets killed by. Uh, how did you feel about the giant uh, monster that comes out of the ice? Yeah, know you know, you're generally anti-monster in Star Wars. I'm well. No, I'm I'm pro monster. I'm anti uh, tentacle monster usually, and this mm-hmm. is this is kind of that. But it um it works here. It's uh, more like a giant walrus than anything. Yeah, and it's, it's like a giant walrus, man. <laughs> and the way that they do it, um, you know, it works in you know they don't they don't it doesn't have like a uh, it it doesn't try to eat the camera. It doesn't. It's very short. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's a over short little quick. scene. They don't have a whole thing where you know it doesn't burp. All this other stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, it's very subdued. 
um, tentacle monster. He's a very subdued tentacle monster. Uh, I do like that this is the first time we see. Um, uh, uh, I keep wanting to call him Boba Fett. <laughs> well, uh, when we see um, Django pull out his uh, double-pronged weapon that, de- of course, debuted in the Star Wars Holiday Special, that you saw him with that uh, that cool weapon. So, uh, nice yeah. good detail there. Yeah, and he uses it to subdue a monster, which is what he uses it, um, you know, in the uh, in the Holiday Special. Yeah, it's his monster fork. Um, Although I think you see him use it later on. He should only use it for monsters, I agree. Yeah, right. Moral monsters. Um, Or picking up french fries from Nathan's. Either one. Mm. Um, Little kebab. But the the holiday special kind of vibe, you know, I'm I'm happy that, uh, you know, Jean Favreau seems to have a a similar level of of appreciation for Star Wars and the same things. Mm-hmm. Um, that at least I do or we do because he's um, um, you know he he has said like he wants to do a new holiday special and and there's you know a couple of tried to work in a specific holiday special references here. Um, Which holiday special ref? What holiday special reference would you most would most please you? Um, I think we're at an acceptable level here. <laughs> I think. It's fine. We know, you know, like occasional, just kind of, you know, acknowledging that it exists. I guess the most, uh, you know, the the, it's kind of out of, uh, it's an extra textual thing. But I would like the more they acknowledge it exists, the closer we are to getting it, mm-hmm. um, you know, released in some official format. I'm gonna say I want to see um, what's his name, Krellman, the the uh, Harvey Korman alien with who he pours liquid in his head yeah. that's who i want to yeah. see and I, I i could conceivably see him being in the background of a shot yeah not not harvey corman obviously unless they want to well, go the cgi route that would be an interesting uh nah. well who's uh who's the harvey corman of today i feel like we've talked about this before <laughs> i don't know maybe like will ferrell you know who well if they were going to do a, a new holiday special and wanted somebody to play multiple roles like that i think you, you uh-huh. need a um yeah i guess somebody from like bill Hader would totally do it Oh yeah, Bill Hader. But he's got a on. he's got a serious career going on right now too. Yeah. Although I'm sure he, again, I think he would. Uh, right. I'm sure he would gladly uh, take a shot or, at it. Um. He already does the voice of BB-8 though. People would be confused. That's right. They'd be like, "Why is BB-8 pouring drinks in his head?" <laughs> uh. But yeah. So then they get some on board the ship. They escape. Mm-hmm. Um. Now we have not seen the ship design before, right? I, I haven't. <laughs> I thought I didn't either, but then the guy made a point of saying, "Oh, it's an old ship design," which made me think it was in the pre in the uh, prequels or something, because it looks so familiar to me. Well, it does. Uh, it's like something out of a dream. <laughs> um, they do kind of um, it, it, it. They mentioned that it looks like a um, like a lat. Let's see. It's a gunship used by the Mandalorian. It was once a military craft used to patrol local territories prior to the Galactic Empire. The Mandalorian utilized the vessel as a transport in living quarters while hunting fugitives in the Outer Rim. Uh, it was designed by Doug Chang. It was created as a practical model rather than a computer-generated effect. That's interesting. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it doesn't seem to have it. Well, the Razor Crest specifically, um, which is that ship. But it it is kind of it looks like a derivative of a. Uh, it looks like it is a gunship of of sorts and the lat 
Um, it is kind of reminiscent of the lat, but not. Um, it is not something we've seen before. Mm-hmm. Specifically. Um, yeah, so then they fly. They're flying back to whatever planet they're uh, going to, and he's making small talk with the uh, Gill man. And, yeah, he, uh, I'm I'm a little surprised he just lets him sit up there in the cockpit with him, especially with his back behind him. You know, with well, his back you know, to the guy. He knows. I mean, he you know, at one point the guy does open up the weapons chamber. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't pull something out and use it, but I'm sure he's got all kinds of safeguards and all you know other stuff. Yeah, well, that's why I'm surprised that that guy, that guy, that the the quarry was like, oh, I'm gonna try to like try to like deceive him and it, you know but clearly the uh, uh boba fett knew what was going on and he the boba shut fett. him down yeah um, um just like the squid head he's the boba fett yeah uh, uh i like that they yeah. there's some controversy about the uh carbon freeze part of things okay well bef- I, before that i think right before that okay he, yep. uh he mentioned he's got to go use the back tube oh yeah <laughs> that was funny too which is a good, and then you you see it, and it's got kind of you know it looks like it's something that could be made for all kinds of different alien creatures, and it's is uh, the first in toilet that. we've seen. I think it's that the first we recognize one we've seen th- that we recognize as a toilet. I mean, for all we yeah. know, this, we might have seen all sorts of stuff that we didn't realize were toilets. Right. Um, yeah, I think you know when Obi Wan snuck into the refresher, that was as close as we got. But that's uh, yeah, we didn't see anything in there. Um, yeah, and we saw Han and Chewie take a shower together, but uh, right, not not a toilet. No. Um, oh, doesn't he also mention Life Day too in this scene? Yeah, well, that's that's where we're getting. That's the the. So here's our essentially second holiday special reference of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, he says he wanted to try to get home for Life Day or something like that. Um, See, I don't like that. Why? Because I. Ass- I know, but I assume that Life Day was a Wookiee holiday, not a not a Fishman holiday. Yeah, but still, it could be, you know. Well, I'm assuming it's it's gone beyond that. Maybe I don't know. Eh, it's maybe it's. I mean, maybe he converted. <laughs> he married a Wookiee, so he converted to uh, to uh, Life Dayism. But um, I mean, again, I'm, I was happy for the reference. I was excited about it. But on a nitpicky level, I I don't like that a non Wookiee is celebrating it. Yeah, it's cultural appropriation right. is what it is. Um, but like you said, maybe other maybe other species do. Uh, maybe maybe the Wookiees learned it from his species, like from missionaries. Life Day missionaries went to Kazook and uh, taught the Wookiees about it. You never know. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's uh, now that I'm thinking about it, I do like I I you know I giggled so you. much at having having seen it that I'm like I guess. You know, it, it is very Wookiee specific, but uh-huh. or maybe just we saw how the Wookiees celebrate it. Yeah, you know, the other I'm sure it's like Christmas. It's, it's all sorts of different holiday, ways. but yeah, exactly. There's all different yeah. holiday traditions for for every holiday yeah. around the world. So why not around the galaxy? I guess you know, I guess that's the thing. One person's fan service is another person's. Uh, it's true. And then another I'm, reference I'm you're happy one, to see include. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a matter of taste. Life day. Carbon freeze. Now can we talk about carbon freeze? Please. Sounds delicious. Uh I like it. I think it's uh, and I like seeing all the different reactions of the people who are in like you could see what their expressions were like when they were getting sprayed by the uh I guess it's mm-hmm. a spray. How we don't know quite how they're uh how it's how they are in, entombed. But um 
but some people were seemed to not like this. They seemed to think that that was uh, it's it's too uh, like why would suddenly everyone well, be carbon freezing? Because I like you it. know yeah because it's a it's a business and they once they did it once they figured it out. Especially yeah. you know Mandalorian. So assuming that Boba Fett, you know, is a Mandalorian and uh, relates back to this community somehow. I uh, I I from what I understand. Nerds are telling me that um, they are Django and Boba Fett are not Mandalorians, right? They're just that people they, who they wear they wear they stay wear the armor. Yeah, they're so, stolen uh, valor. Yes, exactly. More cultural appropriation. Um, um, but it makes sense to me that that you know once a bounty hunter did it once, then they would all pick up on it and they yeah, would plus, kind of adapt that. Han Solo was hanging up on Jabba's wall for like what a year, six months, or something. Yeah. So every bounty hunter who goes through there is going to be like, oh my gosh, that's a great idea. Why didn't I think right. of that? So that had to have spread it around like wildfire. Exactly. What so, I don't like, as, as we've discussed, I don't like that mm-hmm. they used it in Clone stuff Wars. that happened earlier, yeah, in Clone Wars. Yeah. But that's that's not what we're talking about here. No. Well, works fine. Um, yeah. Uh, carbon freeze. Although it, it is, freeze. it is. I think also one of the things was like it took that giant whole carbon freezing chamber to freeze Han Solo, but uh, but uh, Boba Fett has this little tiny uh, little portable job. <laughs> like it's like the well, George Foreman that. grill of carbon freeze. <laughs> that was for freezing uh, Beldon farts. Mm-hmm. So that's a whole different process. Uh, mm. Kind of adapting it for, you know, probably a lot of what was going on in Bespin was kind of you know routing and pressurizing the gas to get it in there. Right. Whereas yeah. once they, they, you know, kind of, all right, well, let's make a version of this just to freeze people. Uh, what what are the basics that we need here? Yeah. So it's they great. Strip that's, it down. So, so you know, I'm going to I'm going to go on a limb and I'm going to say it's Lobot who patented that that portable technology. Mm. I'm going to say he's the one who who uh, who uh, new business. Yeah. His new hustle. Mm hmm. Now they call him, uh, as I say, Frobot because he's frozen. That <laughs> makes it sound like he'd have an afro. <laughs> right. No. Frobot. Um, yeah, so I, I, um, I dig it still. I like it. Although this leads into something that I, um, again, where's the line between a, uh, a, a cool reference and, uh, and kind of, you know, fan service pandering. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of direct let's call sound. It, let's call it fandering. Fandering. I was right there, <laughs> on, the, on the verge of greatness. Um, the yeah, the 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 sounds often are just straight out of Star Wars. You know, like like Garindin. That like wasn't you know it was the same Garindin. Literally sound. the same. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. And some of the other stuff, you know, like like the sound effects are just straight up the sounds. From Star yeah. Wars. And so it's a weird kind of audio callback reference that seems it's distracting because it's like, oh, I, no, I, I know exactly what that is. You know, I know mm-hmm. exactly where that's from. And so that happens with the, again, it makes sense they're doing the same thing, but to use the exact same, like, uh, you know, that kind of tonal whine thing that, like, when he does the carbon freezing mm-hmm. thing. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, where he sings uh, Jungle Boy. Or what, what is it? Thought, Tarzan boy. I thought, was, I thought it was the flute you were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> do, do, do. Yeah, when Zubas plays the flute, <laughs> he plays Tarzan boy by Baltimore. Um, and then the Mandalorian's just got to sit there and listen to him play the whole song. Mm. Like, what do you think? But it's like, 
Um, that was the version that I watched. I don't know what you were doing. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I feel like the sound is pandering sometimes, but it's okay. Again, I can deal with it, you know, without being too curmudgeonly. I should be happy. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, again, Look at what I have and what I'm complaining about. Look at what there is. You know, there's like all the Star Wars is at my fingertips, including a new TV show that they just made, which is exactly what we said they should make for forever. Mm-hmm. And and here I am. I'm like, well, that sound, you know, was exactly the same sound. I couldn't have made something new. Well, it is implied in our mandate to be nitpicky. So. I guess. Yeah. So uh, I wouldn't. Uh... Anyway, they go to a secondary location. Mm hmm. They, uh, and uh, is this where he sees the um, the uh, well? First, he re- he's um, dropping off the uh, the thing with Co- with Carl Weathers, right? Isn't that the next bit? Right. Yeah, this to... is the secondary yeah. location. Oh, okay. That yeah. I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's your Rodian in the background. That must have pleased you. Yeah, yeah, and we the kind of uh, the blonde Rodians, which I like. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I believe. I saw Constable Zuvio there. No way. Yeah, take a look. Um, it doesn't, uh, you know. Do you, do you have a time mark on that? No, I, I don't. It's, it's streaming. What is time? Well, I thought maybe it would just tell you what time. What, what, uh... I guess I should have kind of noted that down. But uh... hey, that's right. I was just uh, so. Um... So. Um, so you think it's, it's, but you think it's Constable Zuvio. Well, it, or it's somebody that looks like him. Um, does he look he, younger than he does in um, you just kind of see him for a minute right um, I don't like that but, the streaming thing does not give you a preview when you fast forward uh, oh so you can't figure out where you yeah what you can't you, like see oh here's the scene with this you kind of just have to go so by that's, time that's good oh, no, that's actually, it's, yeah. it's telling you you shouldn't be fast forwarding through this hmm. stop well it's tough when you're trying it's to rewind to watch though, movies. So. stop rewinding <laughs> stop being kind I, <laughs> say. Um, um well what what platform are you watching what's your setup were you, were you watching it on a computer well, I was watching, watching it on a... uh i was watching it at ryan's house and he was watching it on his xbox or something so maybe okay. uh when i'm watching it on my desktop here while we're recording you can you can see little previews mm-hmm. but on his thing you couldn't see it so yeah i, I tried to watch Check it on your the playstation mm-hmm. tried to watch it on the playstation and it said it was unavailable like it signed in and everything and it was like oh you want to watch the mandalorian i clicked yes and it was like sorry i don't have that you got to try again and so then I went to my computer and it worked fine. So we'll see. I got I got to check it out on other devices. Find the find yeah. the kind of the uh, kind of most uh, conducive to enjoyment the yeah. setup. Um, yeah. So uh, could so be, could oh, be Zuvio. Could could not be. Mm-hmm. A lot of people wear those uh, those like hats like him. Right, Zuvio hats. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then he goes to see um, his. Associate, associate, colleague, uh, colleague, um, who is named? I just had it and I and it went away. It's named something funny. Carl oh, Weathers. Funny. Carl Weathers, but Carl Weathers' character is, um, not. Oh, maybe that is Constable Zuvio. <laughs> oh, you watching. see it now. <laughs> yeah, weird. See? Um, grief Karga. There you go. Grief Karga. Grief Karga. 
Mm, you wonder why I, I like didn't that remember name. it. Um, yeah, Grief, G-R-E-E-F, Karga. And he's the guy who has the kind of... Um, um, oh, you know what we didn't... We didn't mention here. Sorry, backing what? up a second. Uh, the 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 alien in question, the 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 uh, what did I just say? His his species was grief. Boy, specters. No, no, not grief. The alien from the the blue guy. Oh, okay. Um, no, I don't remember you saying. I uh, mithril. I'm identified mithril. mithril. Right. It's too much. It was his data all at once. But the mithril um, in question was uh, uh, Horatio Sands. I knew, you know, I was watching. I was like, I know that someone that has to be somebody like known. Yeah, it's Horatio Sands. So sorry, we, we didn't. How did we skip that? And miss that until now. Good for him. Yeah, star of Boat Trip. <laughs> um, the um, but yeah, so they get they get to uh, um this place where where Grief Karga is hanging out, and that's that's who he does his business with. Mm-hmm. And we get a kind of a reversal of like Republic credits because it's like uh, Imperial credits, yeah. Imperial now. credits are now kind of, and he says they'll spend, but he doesn't want them, and so instead he gets um, calamari flan. Is that am I mistaken in in thinking that he said flan? We should watch this with the subtitles on. That's what I should do. Oh, that's a good idea. It um, did sound like flan. Flan, right? Like the creamy dessert, patron saint of creamy desserts. Um, creamy desserts. The um, uh, are you um, uh, sorry. Go ahead. Finish what you were to say. No. So that this is a, a new currency that we're introduced to, I think, and it's interesting that calamari, being so uh, you know tied with the rebellion, now their currency is one that um, you know is is acceptable in a lot of places. Well, it raises it's a lot of interesting currency. questions, world building wise. Okay. Um, because do I guess I assumed that the that the whole empire used imperial credits, but the fact that the Mon Calamari still have their own money system in place is interesting to me. Well, you're a uh, unless they started a new money system after the collapse of the empire, but that seems too short to have well, so built the, up a whole money you, system. And you're a historian. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're an you're an armchair historian. Yes. Um, what was the I love the history of armchairs. Um, what what was the the kind of uh, in the United States? Uh, did the individual colonies were they printing their own money for a while, or did it go straight from kind of British pound into new American currency, or is there a different? I think there was each state, each you know colony yeah. or then state was printing their own money. Yeah, that, and then event, once the federal government came, they started printing. Right. So during the so Alexander Hamilton, you can thank him for that too. Exactly. Uh, so I'm I'm assuming that's kind of like that that the independent, you know, they wouldn't want to use imperial credit so much, you know, because that's the that's what they're trying but to have get they away been, from. So once the empire collapsed, Mon Calamari's like, I'm going to make my own. We're going to start doing our own money now. Do all the are all the systems now making their own money, or did they just no, I'm make? The, they had been making money. So you know during the I mean? empire, like they the... had their own they had their own financial system under the empire, right? And then you know, imperial credits are the kind of you know um, they're good anywhere in a sense. It's like the but euro. They're... Yeah, a little bit. But if we had if we hadn't eliminated the other, we 
if, if the other kind of subcurrencies of the euro hadn't been eliminated. Right. But like they still used pounds. So maybe that maybe that's what. But that seems unusually um, lenient for the empire to allow uh, these, you know, individual systems to have their own money. Well, but they were rebelling. So maybe that's one of the first things they did is like, all right, well, we're not going to we're mm. not going to deal in the, the the coin of the enemy. We're going to bring like back it. flan. <laughs> the man with the flan mm-hmm. in the glands <laughs> and a rodian. Uh, yeah, well, so just you know, like you said, from a historical world building perspective, it's, these are the, since they're not really telling us a lot about what's going on, you kind of have to have to glean, you have to piece through these little tidbits that you get to see what the state that's of things are. That's what I love. Don't spell it out for me. Let me put it. Let me just leave some puzzle pieces around. Yeah. So, because uh, this is the New Republic, I guess. Drugs, God, and the New Republic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Was well, there has the Republic been established yet? I don't know. The I, New Republic, or is it like on its no- way? We'd have to read one of those novels. Forget it. <laughs> um, this, this is yeah, a time then, that hasn't really been filled in yet, so we really don't know what's going on. Yeah. Well, there's some stuff that happens here a little bit, right? Well, we'll have to see. If anybody has a recommendation for a book about the establishment of the New Republic. Or just tell um, us. Just, that's what I mean. Let us know. What, what oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I think yeah, let us know what, what book we had to read. Oh, well, that too. I, I was going to say, yeah, let us know which book, but you mean just tell us what happened. Yeah, just tell we yeah, need a, We need a, a Republic, New Republic historian to come on. and. Uh, there you go. Where's our Doris Kearns uh, Goodwin? Goodwin? I was trying Doris to get a Star Kearns Wars Grindin. name to call her. <laughs> yeah. We... Oh, please, also somebody make Doris Kearns Grindin. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so, well, speaking of... Uh, uh, possible is it what about this one is it pandering is it uh is it fan service when they walk outside after he, he conducts some business uh he accepts a particularly dangerous um yet high paying um bounty that is kind of off the books mm-hmm. and when he walks outside he's in a marketplace of sorts and we get to see a kawaki monkey lizard on a spit nice uh, and another one kind of nervously eyeing the other uh, I uh, I liked it. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Well. Yeah. Because I guess it was putting it into a different context. Um. And also, I I liked that it was a kind of one-two punch because the first thing you see is that rotating on a spit, and you're like, aha, that jerk deserved it because he was such a jerk when he was with Java. And then they cut to the other one who's just kind of sitting there, almost like that one knows he's gonna die. And then it's like, no, oh, that guy's, they have uh, they have uh, consciousness. Yes. Like they can laugh. So. At jokes, yeah. They also, that's jokes. I, you don't want to. I liked that he that he was kind of that that the that other salacious crumb was was all sad. So, yeah, um, I like it. Yeah, but again, one man's fan service is another man's yeah. fandering. Yeah, it's a it, it's a weird. Uh, it does. It occupies this weird space where I'm happy to see it. And again, like you don't have to know what it is, right? In order for it to, you know, it'll it's still a kind of a an entertaining little thing. Um, if you don't, like, if yeah. you don't remember that Salacious Crumb exists, it's a little like, oh, here's a weird marketplace. And I feel like if the if they're clever about the fan service, like by putting something in a different context, or or like, I think that's better than just kind of like literally someone holding up a, a thing and holding it in right. the camera, being like, look, right, you know, Mandalorian taking Salacious Crumb out of a bag and being like, what the heck is this? Like, oh, <laughs> and he throws him. 
that didn't sound much like like Salacious Crime. It sounded more like the guy from Raceway Park, but uh, you know what I mean. <laughs> Wipeout. Uh, we also um, see our first uh, non, as far as they know, first non-Tatooine Jawas. Hmm. I don't think we've ever seen Jawas off of Tatooine before. So uh, kudos no, to them. Wait, I feel like we did somewhere, didn't we? In the prequels? Maybe not. I don't know. Well, certainly they were yeah. on Tatooine all the time in the prequels. Right. But I, I feel like outside of that, I feel like in a different context with some aliens we saw. So maybe mm. not. But good for Jawas. Yeah. They're getting out in the world. Yeah. No, no unless, way. Unless so, that was Tatooine. We don't know. Well, it could be. Oh, don't even don't even joke. <laughs> is it going to end with, is it going to end like Planet of the Apes with some big reveal? Like you're going to see Jawas Palace. <laughs> you're going to see the wreckage of the sail barge. <laughs> you maniacs. Well, I, I kept worrying, and again, it's interesting that this, um, you know, I, I keep worrying about how much they're going to tie it in, that it's going to be like when he said, like, oh, we got a big, you know, a big, uh, big bounty here, you know, it's off the books, kind of. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's going to be for Jabba the Hutt. And then well, when they like, said, when they said the person's, when they said they are 50, I was like, okay, right. I, my mind was replaying <laughs> who, who could possibly be 50 years old at this point from the original right. movie. Uh, but then, like, as soon as you, like, to kind of dispel that, it's funny that this is, you know, like, oh no, is it Jabba? And then you walk outside and immediately there's Salacious Crumb on a spit. <laughs> and I forgot, you know, it's five years after Jedi, so Jabba's right. been exploded by now. But Has but yeah. he? <clears throat> oh, he was choked, sorry. That's true. And then exploded. Mm-hmm. Um, And then they poisoned him after that. Like, I like right. the shot of the guy um, unloading all the um, frozen carpet, the frozen people out yeah. of that back hatch. Like it reminded me of uh, when you drop off a car at the rental place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, guys like, oh, you need a receipt for these? Oh no, that's okay. <laughs> you know that kind of stuff. You should have. We should have seen the Mandalorian walking around with a big paper receipt. Yeah. For a while. <laughs> did you pay for your carbon ahead of time, or did, did you have to bring it back with a full tank? <laughs> that sort of thing. Right. Um, yeah, and then he goes and he, he takes this, uh, uh, I, I think I got engulfed in the storyline for it because I, I jump, um, to, to a new, the next location, mm-hmm. um, pretty quickly. Um, uh, the last but, thing I have for that is where, um, the last thing I have when he's talking with Carl Weathers, he says, uh, he mentions Underworld and I was like, oh, Rick McCallum. Hmm. That's the last thing I have about the... Uh... No, I mean, I, I jump straight. I bypassed the whole next location entirely because I got wrapped up in it. So you have nothing about the um, Werner Herzog scene? Uh, no, because I was just like, hmm. I was I was wrapped. Okay. Um, but I mean, I don't have... I'm not saying I won't talk about it. I'm just right. saying I my next note is like two planets from now. So it's, it's okay. a good sign that I was uh, I was entertained. I was, I was in it. Um... Okay, so like, there's a couple of things about the Werner Herzog uh, scene. Sure. I'll just go through my notes then. Uh, again, know, well, you're talking about quoting... Go, uh, double down. Go go all out. What do you got? Quoting uh, sounds from Star Wars. You have the return of the... You have Jabba's door show up. Oh, yeah. The Gervas uh, yeah. uh, door. Same thing? Fan service? Like, because it's the exact same sound? Is that too... I, you know, I can't, I can't testify that it's the exact same sound. It sounds very close to oh, it, it, but yeah, I, don't, I don't know the Return of the Jedi sounds enough. It is the exact same yeah, sound, you could say You that. said, like, Washu Habinki or something like okay. that. Okay. <laughs> um, but, again, that maybe that means, you know, how can I help you or something like yeah. that. Yeah. When you become as familiar with the original Star Wars as you and I have become, um, 
and other, other people, obviously, I'm not just saying we're unique in this, but you definitely notice like they use Chewbacca's roars over and over again. You yeah, use itchy. R2 sounds over again. Itchy's sounds from the holiday special. Speaking of the holiday special, itchy sounds are just nonstop. Like everybody sounds like itchy. <laughs> everybody so, sounds like itchy. Yeah. You just have to you just have to convince yourself that there are subtle, maybe even pitch sounds that we can't hear, that humans can't hear, that are changing when Chewbacca's saying different things. But right. that that. Yeah. Uh, to, to, to a human, it sounds the same, but to other. Oh, you mean uh, within their own thing? I'm sorry. I, I thought you were. I thought you were saying they reused sounds for other things, other other. You know, like I was saying, itchy sounds like the Gamorrean guard sound like itchy. There's a couple of other things in the prequels. Oh, that sound like oh, itchy. I didn't realize that. Oh no, okay. No, um, I just meant you're uh, saying. Reused. Yeah, Chewbacca says the same thing over and over again. Yeah, R2D2. Yeah. Although I, I, you know, I still think that there's some some sense of a pattern to our some of our two what he says i i can i like it when he says his name that's the one thing that i can understand do you think they don't use r2 as much anymore because they just can't come up with new sounds for him with new dialogue and that's why they're like well first and now we did bb8 and now they can't come up with anything for him so they have to come up with another robot to, to get to keep yeah. uh keep uh, uh no i think it's um toys yeah it's fine uh so werner herzog shows up yeah and it is. It's hard to um, kind of hard to figure out how I feel about that. It is kind of does kind of take me out of it a little bit. But then it mm -hmm. also, again, well, I was wrapped. I was I was in once I you know seeing it once. It's like a little bit like huh. But then once the scene goes, it's like no, he's he's just doing it. Um, it's hard a little bit to not imagine Paul F. Tompkins. <laughs> um, speaking of people who do other podcasts with our friends um so it's 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 uh, i don't know but uh you know if it didn't work if you didn't back it up with stuff it would be weird but um the fact that it it works the scene works yeah and i love his uh, little imperial medallion this yeah, is of course we're cool. talking about the client Oh, is that how he's identified? That's that's the, the character's name is the client, the mm. client. Um, um, I saw some interview or something with uh, Warner Herzog, and I think he said he'd never seen a Star Wars film before. Yeah, yeah, and I, I love they they they're like, so are you gonna watch it? And he was like, no, I I only pay for Criterion. That's the only streaming service that I have. <laughs> I'd have to pay for Disney Plus to watch it. I don't. Um, of course, did Disney wouldn't hook him up with any, any Blu-rays or anything, or at least a like access code to uh, free streaming. Yeah, I'm sure somebody from you know PR sent them uh, yeah. sent them a whole thing out there. But uh, it uh, at, at the time of the interview, he couldn't did not have access. Right. Uh, and so, well, Werner Herzog is talking about he wants to hire him for this bounty. Um, he seems to have some familiarity with the with the Mandalorians, um, and uh, uh, his little sidekick comes in, little uh, Waylon Smithers type guy, right? And uh, who's wearing glasses? And it made me wonder: Have we ever seen glasses in Star Wars? Oh, we have to have, right? I don't know. Who? We've seen goggles. What about the ones that Kirk sold in the future? Um, thing, it hasn't happened yet in the future. <laughs> this will be the first oh, right, canonical appearance. Even though they traveled back in time? Hmm. Uh, th well, this the person we're talking about, the Smithers in question, is Pershing, Dr. Pershing. 
Oh, he's a doctor. Oh, he's a doctor now. Mm. Um, the let's see. Oh, it doesn't say that he wears glasses here, so I can't look up glasses. And we'll get. Let me look up glasses. Yeah, I'm sure this. Glasses. Glasses were optical instruments consisting of a frame uh, holding a pair of lenses improving eyesight. Um, let's see. Well, George Lucas did not want eyeglasses to be present in his films. Such devices have nonetheless appeared in other canon sources, such as Double Agent Droid, the ninth ep 19th episode of the animated television series Star Wars Rebel. Um, the... Uh, there are four characters listed as owners of glasses, and not including uh, Dr. Pershing. Dr. Pershing. So there's a new, <laughs> he's got to be added to this list. There's Antrot, LT319, Nuvo Vindi, and uh, Fanoff wears a monocle. Fanoff <laughs> wears a monocle. So no movie appearances. No, apparently not. Hmm. It's just right. strictly in um, cartoon stuff. So I guess technically, still they have not appeared in movies because this is not a. This is not. Oh, a movie. there you go. It's true. Uh, uh, and that's all. Well, characters, I gotta say. Uh, I wrote down just like Jin Urso, but I don't remember why I wrote that down. Huh? Why did I write that down? There was some similarity between the bounty hunter and Jin Urso. Oh, you know what it is? Because there's that flashback of. Um, oh right. Of, oh, the... of the the Mandalorian like his parents being killed and stuff, and them hiding him in a. Right, I guess that's a little bit later when he meets the other, the lady man, the 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 woman, Delorean. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean that that makes us question: Is he really a Mandalorian? Because there's a thing that's dropped in there earlier. It's like, oh, I hear you guys never take off your helmets, and so like, right, you don't, you know, maybe he's not a Mandalorian. He's just a guy who was, you know, kind of adopted by them, pretending to be one or something like that. Hmm. Yeah. But what makes a Mandalorian? That's the question. Hmm. What's the measure of a Mandalorian? <laughs> um, so the uh, Boba Fett then goes out to find his prey, his quarry. The Boba Fett heads out to find. Uh, yeah. Well, well, he um, he first brings the um, brings the little bit of of uh, we, we get the oh, Mandalorian. Right. He brings the yeah. little bit of Imperial steel. This weird. This is where this whole thing the 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 fancy steel. And the blacksmith and the whole kind of like guild hall that they're in, mm -hmm. uh, that Needed he goes like and that. visits, is a little too fantasy for me. It's like, you know, this is like Game of Thrones. And I know that probably that is what all anybody else wants in the world. They want a Star Wars Game of Thrones. Great. But um, it's a little too fantasy for me. This being, you know, there being these kind of rituals and rules, um, you know, a little R&R, &R, rituals and rules. <laughs> um you know, and I don't know. It, it well, don't they make a point of saying the Mandalorians are very tradition? Tradition is very important to them. Yeah, but still, yeah, I'm not crazy about it either. But yeah, um, I, I like the, I like seeing other Mandalorians. Mm -hmm. I like that. Um, you know, this fancy steel I don't like so much, and uh, and the the mythology of it. That's what I'm. Uh, well, well, you know, we'll we'll see. I'm sure they're going to go back and and uh, yeah, do more of that. 
I kind of like that it wasn't really a hundred percent clear what like was going on in this, like where they got that, what the significance of the Imperial steel and all that stuff. But I guess clearly it is used to make Mandalorian armor, which he is like in a video game, getting piece by piece until right. eventually at the last level, he'll have the complete suit. Right. Which is, you know, again, I, I like that. I, I, I don't want to be, I don't want it to be, uh, you know, kind of like, here's everything. And like, we're going to, you know, we need expositional dialogue to explain everything about this. Oh yeah, no, I like that they didn't. Um, that you were yeah. kind of like, huh? What's going on here? I don't can't quite follow this. You know, not like can't follow, but you have to pay attention, and it's not being spoon fed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, you know, I would. Uh, other than you know, again, it's brief, but the it it not that it bothers me, but it's not uh, wasn't my favorite overall. I, I got a little mm-hmm. worried that it was stepping into fantasy too much, but it's fine. It worked. And I do like that all of all that you see all the Mandalorians walking around and they literally are all wearing helmets, even yeah. the, even like the children and stuff. So I like that they're sticking to that. And it's for once they're doing like a different culture that actually seems like it could be a different culture and not just, you know, West 21st century Americans just in a different environment. Right. Uh, well, there's also we see that uh, that skull insignia, too. Right. The Boba Fett uh, is his logo. Yeah, it's um, it's a it's a mythosaur, which we like hear referenced later. The mythosaur was a species of animal um, doesn't exist that uh, died about the same time as your father. <laughs> like the Mandalorians used to write later. We'll see. Uh, Agnolti says something about like, ah, oh, you're a Mandalorian. You used to ride the the mythosaurs. Oh right. Um, also, that's what that thing is that the the beast he refers to is their logo. Ye- well, apparently that's a skull of it, and you'll like this. Right. That uh, um, the mythosaur originates um, in uh, from the Star Wars Marvel Star Wars comic books, huh. issue sixty nine. Yeah, I'll of uh, Star Wars the Marvel comics, Death in the City of Bone. Um, it's written by David Michelini, drawn by Gene Day, um, inked by Tom Palmer, if that matters, and lettered by Joe Rosen, <laughs> colored by Glitter Ween. Um, but yeah, 80, 1982, um, there is a, a, um, storyline where they go kind of, uh, I think they're hunting Dengar or something like that, or they're captured by the Empire because of Dengar or something like that. The hunter has become the hunted. Mm. Uh, but somewhere in here, there's there's yeah, mythosaurs. Um, the they don't call it that in the issue, but then in the, like a later source, they're like, oh, remember in the comics where they went to go thing this thing that was a mythosaur. Hmm. Um. So that um. Yeah, canonically, all we know is that yep, mythosaur was mentioned as something that they rode once. Um, but in legends, that that's the uh, the mythosaur skull is the sigil. So, but that's that's legends. That's not canon anymore. Right. So we don't so know who for knows. Sure if that's still true. Yeah. Um. Who knows what what that'll they'll turn that into? Yeah. But uh, but the given the fact that we see that insignia and mythosaurs are mentioned. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty likely that that's going to be what it is. Cool. Um, 
But yeah, so, then, then we, so he leaves. Uh, he leaves uh, Nick Nolte. Not Nick Nolte. Leaves uh, Werner Herzog and goes to meet Nick Nolte. Well, he, yeah, he leaves on a weird iris wipe out of his face. <laughs> you notice that? I did not. He's notice just kind of like sitting there, like focusing on something, and all of a sudden it's like whoosh, it looks like his spaceship comes out of his face because hmm. there's like an iris wipe. Um, but then he, yeah, he goes to uh, he. We finally have a name for a planet. How about that? Mm-hmm. Uh, we have what is Ar- Arvala Seven. Arvala Seven. Um, Arvala Seven is where um the Mandalorian ends up. He talks to uh, Ugnolti. Uh, Ugnolti's name is Kuil. Kuil. K U I I L. Um. And, and, cool. Sorry. And uh, the. Yeah, Arvala 7 is, uh, um, let's see. <clears throat> oh, uh, Kuil works there as a vapor farmer, which <laughs> oh is, yeah. when you click on the link, it takes you to the listing for moisture farmers. So I think that's what they mean, that, you know, they use moisture evaporators to, to be a moisture farmer, but it, so it's a vapor. Is it moisture or is it vapor? Lame. Anyway. He, so he's there. He's a farmer laying there, and he wants the he wants the other guys gone. Is water so scarce in the Star Wars universe that multiple planets have water have to have water farmers? Wow. Why don't they just go to Camino and scoop it up by the gallon and then ship it over there? It's it's cheaper cheaper just to set up a evaporator. 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 So to have people's whole lives devoted to getting traces of water is is a better solution than just shipping in some more water. Well, they use it to to farm. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. You know, they used to farm real things, but they're getting the water out of it. It's like Dune. You know, it's like Dune. Mm-hmm. Has anybody ever mentioned that there are some similarities between Star Wars and Dune? Huh. Um, I think so. so maybe he, not. So maybe he, I'm wrong here. Maybe it is. They're just pulling water out. I don't know. Anyway, one thing. One thing that bugs me is, um, like, oh, I don't think you see it here, but that, um. That the Boba Fett um, needs to look through like micro macro binoculars and telescopes and stuff. That's not, it's not built into his helmet. It is a little weird, especially if you remember the 12 inch Boba Fett toy, which had a yeah, viewfinder, yeah, but... you know, built in, much like yeah. the Million Dollar Man, Six Million Dollar Man, not Ted DiBiase, <laughs> Steve Austin, different Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, it did remind me a little bit of the time in the Phantom Menace where the robot had to use binoculars, and I was like. Come on. Yeah, I don't like that. Um, but I do like having that little that little tiny scope thing. And yeah. I'm okay with it when it's like, you know, attached to his gun. He's just looking through like a gun scope. Yeah, but like later on he picks up a telescope to use. Yeah. Well, I know I like that little telescope thing. It's like it's like no. a looks like a flute I like almost. It. I don't like it. I mean, as we've already established, I like flutes in Star Wars. <laughs> I don't like it. But not a big deal. And also, the number one rule of, of Star Wars should be when you're looking through binoculars, you should always expect something to jump up at you and yeah, surprise exactly. you. Jump scare. Yeah. He can't be that good of a bounty hunter if that creature could walk all the way up to him without him even realizing it. Mm-hmm. Unless they're very quiet, than, like, quieter well, than I give them credit. The creature in question. Mm-hmm. It, blurg. It's a blurg. It's a blurg. <laughs> um... And that's exciting because, well, they were obviously they were used in Clone Wars on Ryloth. Mm-hmm. Liberty on Ryloth was the name of the mm-hmm. episode. Ryloth keeps coming up. Uh, like a flower. flower. <laughs> but the, uh, uh, 
first, historically first, even though it's no longer canon, it's Legends, we first saw Blurgs in the 1985 made-for-TV film Ewoks, The Battle for Endor. That's right. So this is uh, Battle for Endor being canonized, in a sense. It already was, but from the cartoon. But, um, but yeah, we um, it, it exciting for fans of that. And we're gonna come back. We're gonna we're gonna get to that. We down the road. We eventually said we're gonna do a live show. Yeah. Um, studying, analyzing, uh, Battle for Endor. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. And so there's a whole sequence where he has to learn to write a blurg. You know, if I was making up fantasy nonsense like or sci-fi nonsense, you know, it would sound a lot like that. <laughs> like if I was making like a fake science fiction thing for some nerd to be into in a different TV show. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, there's like, he finally learned how to ride the blurg. Totally. <laughs> uh, this scene reminded me of, and I'm sure it did you too, of uh, of Anakin's struggles with the shack. Yeah. In, in Attack of the Clones. Yeah, I was trying I'm, to. Note, I'm glad that like, they're doing callbacks to Attack of the Clones. Shack callback. I call Shack. Uh, the Night Stalker. The um, the, <laughs> the I was kind of noting the technology, um, between like how of, how of, no of, how far have we come? Uh, you know, like how does this look compared to how Anakin looked writing the uh, uh-huh. Shack? You know, the Mandalorian on a blurg versus Anakin on a Shack. This sounds mm-hmm. like a uh, like a uh, Joseph Scrimshaw, like a four center data bank uh, <laughs> showdown thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, well, this one obviously looks better, but it's you know fifteen years, almost twenty years later, so uh, I would expect it to look better. Um, yeah, I mean, it it does, and it it's more kind of um, you know, uh, kind of they they again they do it well by not. Like they don't have him, you know, like standing on it and stuff. You know, they they just right. have him like, yeah. all right, here's a quick shot of him bumping around on it, and then we'll cut, and then it's, you know, they, it's it's well done on that front. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, I noted just a little bit b- before the blurg comes out, um, how quiet it was. Again, the mm-hmm. jump scare thing, but I love it that they're not afraid to be quiet, which sometimes that's a modern thing that you know something's got to be happening with the music or the sound effects or some but somebody's going to be talking at all the all the time we got to keep you strung along and you know yeah great for it to be just like you know he, he he's looking over the ridge at this thing and everything's quiet he looks through his thing and it's quiet and it's nice uh-huh uh but then then the blur comes out and ruins it yeah as i say you definitely sound like the father of small children you're like it's nice and quiet why can't, it, can't they just be quiet <laughs> um yeah, so then uh, then we have the the siege on Arvala 7. Two against wait, the worlds. Oh, we're not going to talk about uh, Nick Nolte? Oh, we can, yeah. I, 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 he just meets he meets this guy who helps him, and it's Nick Nolte. And we, we <laughs> I, I still can't figure out, I, I don't see it listed mm-hmm. in any, um, like, I, I don't see amazing articles about how fantastic this is. Maybe they want it to be a surprise. Um, this behind the scenes kind of, um, it, it looks it, good, though. It does look good. It, like I, from what I understood earlier, it was, um, you know, that this whole look was created by a uh, 
a little person actor wearing a, a mask that has animatronics that are live linked to um, Nick Nolte's face. Yeah. And he's doing the acting that's being expressed. And it does look like it. You know, his face looks like it's, you know, his expressions are being accurately registered. Yeah. Um, On that. But I, what, like, why aren't I, why haven't I seen kind of, you know, uh, our think piece, I guess maybe because the show just debuted like three hours ago or something <laughs> like that. But um, look, where, where are the great, uh, where are the pieces about how this is done and how amazing it is? Because it seems ridiculous and amazing. I want, I want behind the scenes shots of Nick Nolte, you know, wearing this whole rig set up. I want to see the little person, you know, actor. I think we'll get there. They'll, they'll. I think they probably maybe wanted it to be a surprise, and then they once it's out for a while, they'll they'll do like a. Once the series runs its course, and they're worried everyone's going to cancel their um their subscription, then they'll right. come out with like the making of the Mandalorian. Yeah, they'll do behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the the um. Kind of. Uh, uh the technology of it seems great, and I want that. You know, like like I want the you know, uh, what's her name. Tan Wee, the lady who played Tan Wee wearing just the suit with the like hard hat with the picture of Tan Wee pasted on it. <laughs> yeah, so. That's what I, I want the equivalent of this, but for uh, Ugnolty. Yeah, I definitely want to see that. Would you recognize that as Nick Nolte, you think, if you did not know ahead of time? Uh, if I watched this, then you said like, hey, that was Nick Nolte. I'd be like, oh yeah. Yeah, I don't think I would have caught it um, like without knowing that. Uh, but... No, probably not. Like, I don't know if I would have picked it out from that. Mm-hmm. You're right. Um, without so then some it's the showdown. But yeah, and, and then, then I would have been like, oh, you know who he sounds like? Um, Bruce Banner's father. <laughs> he sounds like Thomas Jefferson when he was in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so then we get the the uh, the showdown of sorts. The assault on Arvala... Um, seven. <laughs> I had to look up the number. Now I was I went on record as being um I was disappointed that I was excited that we were going to see an IG droid in the series. Uh, I was not excited to find out that it was going to speak English. But um, overall, I'm very happy. I thought the I thought the IG it's IG eleven right isn't that yeah. what it's supposed to be? Yeah. I thought I thought it looked fantastic and was handled very well and did a great job. I'm still disappointed he speaks, but if he has to speak, I think it's still pretty... Uh, yeah, I, I like the way they that he a good speaks. Job. Like, they didn't spend a lot of upgrades. didn't spend a lot of money on upgrades to his, you know, personality or anything. Like, it's just basically, you know, if Spock was an assassin droid. Robot. Yeah. Yeah, especially when they keep doing that gag about him uh, activating the self-destruct mechanism. Yeah. He's like really eager to use that self-destruct mechanism. Yeah. I also like that when he walks and moves around, it's very robotic. It's not like human, you know, like he's, it's, everything swivels around. So it's, it's mm-hmm. you know, they really take advantage of the fact that he's a robot and can do different things. I think that was, uh, I think it was well done. Yeah. And I yeah, like that so... when he moves, it has that kind of, like he's doing the robot, <laughs> like, uh, like a mime thing where he like moves and it has like a little bit of a wiggle to it. Like once he like locks into a position, it, look, it looks very animatronic. So uh, good work, guys. Um, yeah, and it, it's a good, um, the, he's the, he's there to claim the bounty also. So some, he's yes. also been put on the case and, mm-hmm. um, they decide to work together, mm-hmm. uh, and they take on this army of Nyctos 
Mm-hmm. Nick Toe's army. Um, and... I like that when uh, they they say they're gonna split the reward, mm-hmm. but then IG makes IG IG Eleven uh, makes some comment about how he gets the reputation points for it right. or something. Right. So like, there's some kind of like. Uh, database where <laughs> where actual reputational cool points yeah. are, are stored like, that's pretty uh that's pretty he gets funny. the yelp review the yeah or yeah like the rotten tomatoes <laughs> score yeah. um yeah, yeah so great scene then, to shoot at yeah it's very much a western and very mm-hmm. good um you know uh, it's tense in moments and it's good uh, you know good action scene without going on too too long mm-hmm. um and so they they defeat the uh, the army of Nictos. They get bust through the door, um, and then the we had the the client earlier. Remember, mm-hmm. now we have the asset. They mm-hmm. they they discover the fifty year old who uh, they were sent there to um, to obtain. Uh, I will say before my favorite shot of the whole episode is where they kick the door down and then you see the silhouette of IG-11 and mm. uh, Boba Fett. That is nice. That's a good, that was Not my Boba favorite Fett. shot. <laughs> he is a Boba Fett. Yeah. Um, so yes, they they find their they they find the, the their their quarry. Yes. Uh, they find and then so here's an interesting wrinkle. So let's back it up. Uh, when they gave um, the titular Mandalorian. The TM when they gave him the uh, uh, the bounty um, originally, you know, Doctor Pershing said, "Well, or they they said they wanted him alive," and then uh, um, Werner Herzog, the the client, said, "Like, well, bounty hunting is also, could be a messy business." Yeah, debt is also acceptable, but we won't pay as much. Mm-hmm. Doctor Pershing seems very startled by that. Um, whereas when IG Eleven shows up, he um, when they get there, his his bounty is to to kill, to kill destroy it, it. Yeah. terminate it. So now we have to speculate here. Were they sent by the same person? Are they on the same bounty, or are they sent by different factions uh, for the you know to get the same thing for the same purpose? And also, yeah. the asset in question is a baby Yoda. <laughs> so it, a baby Yoda, baby Yoda. Uh, which again, I I love. I I hope that this doesn't undo this. Now, of course, that I say it in the next episode, it'll be all about like the history of Yoda's species. But I love that even on Wikipedia, Yoda's species is just referred to as Yoda's species. There's yeah. no name for it. There's no information about it. This is only the third member of this species that we've seen. Mm-hmm. There weren't any Yoda species senators, were there? Right? No, no. There's just Yoda and Yaddle and this. Mm-hmm. Then the asset. Um, let's see the asset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On Wikipedia, that's all it. Uh, that's all there is. Let's see legends. Are there any legendary Yoda species? <laughs> oh sure. Oh well, Minch, Minch, Oteg, Vandar, Tokare, Yaddle, Yoda, and unidentified Jedi. Hmm. Um, for reasons unknown, George Lucas maintained that a strict policy of keeping the history, name, origin, and whereabouts of the species unknown. When asked hmm. what species Yoda is, Lucas had only has only joked he's a frog. In the hmm. documentary From Puppets to Pixels, he joked that Yoda is the illegitimate child of Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy. Hmm. Uh, prior to the creation of Yaddle, Lucasfilm actively discouraged licensees from exploring Yoda species. 
I hope when uh, I hope when the when uh, Yoda was born that um, that it got he got some of the recessive traits that Kermit's father, the frog, bear hybrid. Had. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh totally. Anyway, um, moving on. <laughs> anyway, um, I have to call back to my my most horrifying scene of Great Muppet Caper, Caper so. which is on Disney Plus. It is watch. under G, not with the other Muppet movies. Um, hmm. at least on on the iPhone app, which is where I was doing so uh, so browser. yeah, a lot of mysteries. Like, why do they want this baby Yoda? You have to assume. I'm assuming it's something about the Force. Like, they want to stay. We want to stop the stop Yoda. Right. They want to stop this Yoda from growing up or whatever. Maybe this is like Yoda Hitler from someone came from the future. Oh, there better kill... not be time travel. No. <laughs> um. um... Also, like, imagine being a baby for 50 years. Well, that to me seemed a little, um, I get what they're going for, but it doesn't, it doesn't, I mean, Yoda's an alien, who knows? But it seems like, how old is Yoda when we meet him? 800? 900? Uh, Something like that, 800? So if Yoda is this old and he's still an infant, like, that seems like it would be, they must, he must go, they must go through adolescence a lot quicker than we do, because... Seems like it would take him over a thousand years to get to adulthood at that point. I love that. Sorry, that like they took his like you know Yoda's line. Uh, when nine hundred year olds, when nine hundred years old, you reach. You know, uh, look so look good. as good. You will not. Yeah. Yeah, and they just took that as like, okay, well, he said it, so that's exactly how old he is. Like, and then so like <laughs> on Yoda's page, it said born eight hundred and ninety six before the Battle of Yavin. It's like he's exactly nine hundred years old at that point. It's like, come on. <laughs> maybe that's how. Maybe that's um, when they uh, they maybe all of Yoda's species die when they reach nine hundred. That's like their expiration date. Oh, although no, it says he died four after the Battle of Yavin, so that would be he would he would be nine hundred and four. Wait a minute. No, if he was born eight hundred, if he was born eight ninety six BBY, then he would have been nine hundred when he died. Right, 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 right. No, no, because eight ninety six before, and then four nine hundred at the Battle of Yavin, and then four years after that is when he died. So he was nine hundred no, before. Oh, I see. Yeah, you're right. It's not added anyway. Who cares? I don't know. Let's not do math. But I just think that it's it, that Yoda being an infant means that he's been an infant for like, well, let's see if if he's nine. Let's assume he's nine hundred. So, how many years? What per? What? No, you just said you didn't want to do math. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out what is he in human years at this point. If he's fifty years old, and he's let's assume he'd be five years old. It's about five. Like. Yeah, right. So yeah, he shouldn't. So... He shouldn't be a little. Like baby, baby. He should be at least a. Uh, I assume they didn't want him to talk, probably. Right. Maybe he will. Maybe he look, does look a little bit like uh, Mogwai, so maybe he'll just, you know, say occasional cute words. Oh, he'll say them out of order and stuff. Yeah. Um. Although, yeah. So according to this, the asset was born forty-one BBY, approximately. So, again, could be Yoda's child. Could be Yoda's child. Yoda and Yaddle. Or Yaddle's child. Oh, Yoda and insane. Yaddle's child. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. If this movie... 
I'm surprised at how calm I am about a Baby Yoda showing up. Because I feel like if I had been told there was a Baby Yoda in this, I would have been dreading it. Exactly. That's the thing. Like, because they do it and it's kind of well done, mm-hmm. you know, the reveal and everything, it's it's kind of, it's well executed, at least so far. I'm okay with it. I agree. Although, if it I'm... is the child of y- Yoda and Yaddle, I do want him to be called Yo-Yo. <laughs> And he'd, he'd be like a cute, like wisecracking baby Yoda. Not Yodel? Yo-Yo. Yodel, of course. Yoda would be his full name, Yodel. but they would call him Yo-Yo as, exactly. a, as a affectionate pick me. <laughs> we should start calling Yoda Yo-Yo. Yo-Yo. His friends yeah. call him that, maybe. <laughs> no, when he was younger, it was like his college nickname. They used to call him that at the Right, in Yoda's the Jedi. In his, frater- in his Jedi fraternity, he was oh, in boy. yo-yo. Jedi fraternity is a show that I would like to watch or not. I don't know. <laughs> um. So, yeah. I My first thought was that this is going to turn into like Lone Wolf and Cub. Have you ever read that? Yeah. A little bit. Which is, there. You know, uh, which is about that samurai carrying around a baby. Mm-hmm. That's what I felt like this was going to turn into. Like people are trying to kill this baby and the Mandalorian is charged with uh, not having him get killed. Oh, it might still. We don't know. Yeah, that's what, I'm, I'm, that's what I was wondering. But um, connect, continuing the samurai western kind of connection, you know. Right. What do you think about the uh, CGI of a puppet of Baby Yoda? Do we know that it's a, a CGI or is it a puppet? Well, I'm I don't know. What, what, what do you think? What do you think? Either way. Uh, it looks fine. Again, it looks kind of like Gizmo. Yeah. Um. So I don't know what. Um, I was uh, disappointed. Ig Eleven got killed. Um, as far as we know, well, um, for all we know, we can they can back up. Yeah, um, we, it could you know reboot or something at, at some point. Yeah, it goes it goes back up to the cloud. Um, so what do you what do you so what's your overall th- what do you rate it on a scale of one to ten? Um, well, I um, I don't know. It's tough because it's like one to ten compared to itself. It's hard to you know. Compared to other episodes, like, you know, or... Compared to your expectations. Yeah, I, I think my expectations are pretty high and it, pretty fulfilled. I I, yeah. I got pretty much exactly what I wanted out of this. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I'm going to so I'm gonna go ahead and give it a 9. Yeah, I'm somewhere around there. I was going to, like, you know, if I was going to grade it, I'd probably give it, like, a B plus, But we'll, we'll round that up into a 9. Um... Yeah, well, for for I don't want to go. I don't want to give it a ten because I figure there has to be room to go. You know, to grow. Yeah, exactly. Well, but you're you're all about the... just messing with the scale. So if you you know, why not give it a ten? And then if you want to go higher, we'll just we'll we'll make we'll make it one higher. You know what? That's a good idea. Let's do that. All right. So for what baseline, we'll make, this is ten. We'll make ten one louder. Make that one be the highest. Exactly. All right. Um, but. Uh, uh, so I'm looking. I'm scrolling through now. There's a little thing of uh, of uh, Easter eggs, mm-hmm. um, and there is a Mandalorian that looks an awful lot like Boba Fett. In the, I, I think I watched it on a TV that wasn't optimal brightness. It was a little, fairly small TV that not optimal brightness. But in the background, one of the Mandalorians when he gets to the Mandalorian stronghold there. Oh. Uh, there's a character that looks very much, you know, he's kind of greenish with the yellow shoulder, yellow wrist things and red on the face. Uh-huh. Huh. Um, keep an eye out for that. And he even has a little, you know, moves a little bit like him. Apparently it's at 1831. There you go. 
Oh, He's shadowy, you. blurry in the background, but it looks an awful lot like him. Um, and the, uh, well, obviously, yeah, Kawaki Monkey Lizard, um, Mauricio Sands, Posein. They, the Big Bang Theory is Brian Posein? Is that a thing? I'm is sure. The same guy that we're talking about? <laughs> I'm sure he cameoed in it at one point. Um, the, um, Let's see. I guess what there's an MMA fighter guy who's in the. Um, he's nah. one, one of the guys from the beginning. The guy who complains about spilling his drink. That, that's mm-hmm. like if you follow that kind of thing, that's a guy. Hmm. Um. And there, yeah. Um, I'm I'm trying to see if I have any other. Any other things that we didn't cover that are noted in here. Uh, but no, it looks like everything else we covered, covered, you know, Nick Nolte, all that stuff. The, yeah. Um, and we can always update next week. We can always say, oh, and other things we found out, you know. Exactly. As more, more of these listicles pop up, we'll cover that. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, if you've enjoyed this and you have not listened to our other show, check out Star Wars Minute. Star Wars Minute. It's our podcast. Oh, well, we, <laughs> I wasn't trying to wrap it up, but okay. uh, just in case there was any new listeners who uh, who uh, haven't heard us before and are like, these guys are funny and informative and just the right blend of casual and serious. I hope. Then you should check out our show. Yeah, that's at StarWarsMinute.com. This, if you uh, if you just got here from something else, um, we're at the TheMandalorian.com, because that's the name of it, because we're Star Wars Minute. So Min, mm-hmm. Mandalorian, but we're not doing it minute by minute. We already covered that at the top of the show. You know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By now, you probably picked up on the... F- by now, you probably hung up. <laughs> <laughs> hung up. Yeah. That's what they call it, right? When you stop a podcast, you're hanging up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Um, well, that... Um, so, speaking of um, podcasts, this is a... I, I called up the schedule. And we'll be back sooner than you think. Um, huh? The next episode drops on Friday... Oh, boy. So uh, we'll be back Friday. Oh, uh, my gosh. For a brand new episode of The Mandalorian. Mandalorian.